What's going on, guys? My name is David Gibson. I am the host and founder of this podcast, SIDcast, a podcasting resource dedicated to sharing these stories and telling the experiences of the athletic communications and sports information profession. That's getting to be quite a mouthful. But uh, today, today's episode, I uh, I do really enjoy this one. Uh, David Cohen's a guy that I've I met at Cosida um, a couple times actually, and then when I was thinking about who to have on, and I was scrolling through Twitter and I saw his name, and I was like, well, we had Sterling on back in June, and I didn't realize until about halfway through this episode that the University of Southern Miss is um, the first and only, uh, unless you want to count myself and then my boss's episode, which I'm not, uh, school that has two interviewers or episodes uh, with two different guests. Um, this does not include the repeat people that we've had on. So, But uh, that's pretty exciting. So we uh, talked with David about kind of the relationship he had with his father. His father, uh, Mark Cohen, is the, also an SID at TCU. And we go through all of David's times with uh, pro teams from the Panthers to the Rangers, um, and then his path to where he is now at Southern Miss. But uh, I just want to let you guys know that if you could go ahead and go on over to wherever you get your podcast, leave a rating or a review, that would be fantastic. It helps out with the growth of the show. Uh, it does mean a lot to me. Um, and sometimes, I kind of mentioned this maybe a month or so ago, but sometimes when I ask our guests, you know, have you ever listened to an episode, the usual answer is no. Uh, and if you are able to do that and just leave a rating and review, uh people kind of see that and then they're like, oh, okay, this guy's not full of hot air. Um, but yeah, it, it, it's whatever. And you can email me anytime sportsinfocast at gmail.com. Uh, follow us on social media at sportsinfocast on Twitter and Facebook. Next week, we will have Danny Day of the Corbin Warriors on. That one was a lot of fun too. I'm super excited for you guys to hear that one. Um, so yeah, let's get right into it with episode 71 of SIDcast. David Cohen of the Southern Miss Golden Eagles and his very first taste of sports information right here on SID Cast. Okay, um, well, it's kind of a unusual background. Uh, my father works in the field. Uh, he spent 16 years at Wofford out in South Carolina and uh, he's been at TCU since 2005. So, uh, it been the field before I was born, and uh, I was immersed in it from day one, uh, going to all the games. Um, as a bad boy for the Walford baseball team, I used to come up every now and then and uh, even input some stats. Uh, so picture a fourth or fifth grader punching in the six threes <laughs> and the F7s and that kind of thing. Um, and, uh, yeah, it was just those moments where uh, – tag along and listen to conversations with the coaches after games and uh learn about you know why this certain pitcher came in at this time uh you know why this batter's really done a really good job of late things like that and you really pick up on those metaphors uh, that apply in life as well um and that's something i've been picked up on just in conversations with my southern miss coaches um where i am right now so yeah it's just been a crazy journey that uh started out at ulm uh, I was a media relations assistant, uh, which is an intern role. Uh, that was two years ago. And in summer of 2016, I uh, got a full-time job at Southern Miss. So that's where I stand right now. And, uh, yeah, just one with the punches. Uh, let's go back to the very beginning. Uh, when, let's, let's say, uh, when other kids asked what your dad's job was, how did you describe it? I mean, of course, you know, you think 
the coolest job in the world is working in collegiate athletics and especially him uh like i'm i was a big math guy when i was little and of course when you get to like uh geometry and that kind of thing confidence goes down a little bit but at the time <laughs> I really loved baseball stats and things like that um and of course just working games in any capacity so uh i used to tell my friends that yeah he does interviews and stuff for the coaches and players um, the media request things his stats um just so many different things that come up and uh um it's one of those things as well where in this field i mean especially now in the social media age you see pictures of SIDs tweeting out how they work in the final four and some really cool things like that and um but there's so much more that goes behind the story as well um sure is a grind to get to um any level and um yeah it's a glamorous life for sure but you really have to uh, pay your dues and it definitely is worth it in the end uh so you went to tcu uh how were you able to get involved with the horn frogs athletic department i mean what kinds of things were you kind of given an opportunity to do that right off the bat or did you kind of have to earn it a little bit um i always knew i mean really just from elementary school that with my passion for uh stats and trivia and history that uh, i just wanted to be an sid so um really my first week of freshman year i was put to work uh getting some stuff done uh wrote a i remember very well um the game program feature i wrote on one of the tcu football seniors um you know, back in fall of 2011 and um as i progressed those four years i uh, got a few summer internships with some different pro teams um my TCU duties also increased significantly just because I'd been around the staff and um, they could see my skill level and my determination. So I was given more advanced uh, responsibilities. And, you know, just going into that last semester of college, it was a matter of, all right, well, let's see what GA's, GA and internship positions are going to be out there. And, uh, and that's where it all began uh, for the next chapter of my life. Uh, so during your college years, and I'm struggling with this, I guess, right now, how did you kind of balance out your duties that you had to do, but at the same time, you, you've got to be 18, 19, 20, 21 years old. I mean, how did you kind of balance? What was life like for you during that time? I mean, I really worked um, about 225, 250 hours a semester, and I only know that exact number because I did get some internship credit a couple times, which <laughs> uh, definitely helped the class load. Um, but yeah, I mean, I worked games in about eh, six to eight hours in the office uh, per week for the most part, and um Definitely tells you how to time manage. I mean, it's one thing to uh, have a job at, at the student union or something, but when you have those games that are Friday night, Sunday afternoons, etc. cetera, uh, plus I was even the mascot for a couple of years. I did a, some games and some private events too. And uh, so essentially I was between uh, trying to balance 15 hours of classes, um, doing some occasional mascot work, and had a pretty substantial role in media relations. Um, you know, and try to balance social life as well. Uh, it was definitely a good challenge, but uh, definitely teaches you how to find the few minutes wherever you can, whether it's to work out, whether it's to study, whether it's to decompress and uh, just lay on the couch and stare at your phone for a little bit and catch up on social media. Um, and that's something I apply today as well um, in my full-time position. Uh, like you kind of mentioned, you work with some pro teams. I know that the Rangers and Panthers being one of them. I mean, what were those uh, interview processes like? I mean, what's for those that don't know, what's what's life like in a big office like that? Yeah, the Carolina Panthers uh, was a little bit different because that was a training camp. Um, so really, outside of going to FanFest in Charlotte, um, that was about the only um, – we had a preseason game 
at home uh, that season as well, uh, right before we had to all report back to our respective schools for the upcoming semester. So it was cool to get that experience um, in Bank of America Stadium. But, uh, yeah, I just you know these internships exist, so just applied. And uh, fortunately for the Panthers, that's actually my hometown of Spartanburg, South Carolina, uh, where they train. And uh, so we got to have a good relationship with them. And I just applied and went through a couple rounds of interviews and was fortunate enough to get that position. And then the next year, they uh, allowed me to come back, which was fantastic because that really allowed me to continue those relationships that I had built the first summer. Um, the Rangers internship uh, was a full season, uh, 2014. I remember actually going to my in-person interview with the team uh, when there was pretty good snow on the ground, uh, believe it or not, in Texas. So um, it's really cool just to park in, outside of Globe Life Park and then walk with my suit and my um, little bag uh, up to offices with the PR department and um, present my case. And uh, fortunately, I was able to get a job offer from them. And I was with them from mid-March till end of September. Uh, unfortunately, that was also the worst season in uh, franchise history. They just <laughs> had a slew of injuries and... Um, it just didn't really go so well, but uh, boy, it sure was fun just to be at the ballpark every day. And even though I didn't have to really work many games itself, um, most of my days ended just, hey, at first pitch, make sure nobody calls the office line, then you can come to the press box or go to the stands. So several times I would just go sit in the right field porch and just, you know, my khakis and dress shoes and just enjoy Rangers versus Blue Jays and just say, wow, this is this is a heck of a life I got here. <laughs> and, uh, uh, and yeah, that Definitely taught me a lot of patience when you work a uh, 162 game regular season. Um, of course, I didn't travel with the team or anything, but um, there's not many off days in baseball. <laughs> That's my favorite sport, no doubt. Yeah, awesome. It sounds like it. Um, just real quick, are you still a fan of those teams? Oh, for sure. Yeah. Um, definitely a little hard when you don't live in market. Um, when I was in Louisiana for my one year at ULM, they um, picked up the Ranger games and Fox Sports, but out here, um, yeah, it's just the Braves and. Uh, of course, now you, of course you can pick up different ways on online to follow some games. But either way, it just gets kind of hard. Um, so kind of rely on Twitter for everything. And Panthers, you know, the NFL is a little different. So ultimately, you know, Buffalo Wild Wings or someplace you can really catch a game. Or and the good thing is we live in the Saints market. So when in doubt, NFC South might pick up. Um, but yeah, and I still, I mean, a lot of the people that I worked with are still there as well at both those teams. So that really makes it special as well. So if did you even try to like find another internship, maybe with the rival team? I mean, how would you feel if you got an internship with the Saints being a Panthers fan? Well, I would take it in a heartbeat. That's what, yeah. <laughs> uh, no, nah, I mean, it's fandom can step aside too, especially um, now if you can work with an organization that no matter what, as long as they have your values and um, it's a place to really grow as a person and uh, they're going to take care of you they'll take it in a heartbeat. And, uh, and of course, you know, the Saints down here, um, huge deal. And uh, so I know a lot of Saints fans and a lot of connections that we have, like with the, regarding the Superdome, like we've had bowl games in the past. And a lot of people go down to New Orleans just for uh, weekend trips and such. So, um, no, I would definitely consider it, you know, opportunity to the Saints because, it's, yeah, it's like, hey, well, <laughs> hypothetically speaking, it's still a great opportunity. Yeah, awesome. Um, so, what have you taken away from those experiences, maybe with pro teams, maybe with TCU, that you kind of implement now, uh, both when you were at ULM and now at Southern Miss? I mean, there are definitely a lot of uh, similarities. Uh, 
granted, it's all sports PR. Um, I mean, the pros definitely have a different atmosphere. Um, I mean, college, dealing with kids. Um, the pros, dealing with adult players. So, uh, I know it's still the same routine, though. Of, uh, when you get into that job, you got to be prepared. You got to know your stuff. And uh, the Panthers, I mean, it was my job to make sure I knew that whole roster uh, by face and all that because I had to catch guys in street clothes to remind them about interviews uh, while at training camp. And, uh, yeah, it's also just a matter of anticipating uh, what's next, like what my superiors want. Um, uh, not just you know, there might be a problem that comes up, but how can you – present a solution because anybody can name a problem, but it really takes someone special to uh, say, Hey, I have a solution, how we can fix this. And um, not that we had anything really big come up. I mean, you know, you're an intern, like you can take care of your simple tasks and such, but uh, no, it definitely is your chance to grow up, especially because these are jobs that um, a lot of people get. So you really want to uh, put your best foot forward and give it 110% each day. Okay, so let's move on to talk about how you, like you said, you were looking around at TCU for some GAs, some internships and stuff, and you eventually landed with the Warhawks. So what was that process like for you? Um, what was life like at that time, and how did you feel finally landing, you know, really your first full-time gig uh, with a Division One team like that? Oh, it was a blessing. Uh, I just remember as soon as the first day of classes started, my last semester, I was like, all right, I'm checking for SIDA and NCAA job market. I'm just going to see what's out there. And I've uh, had a few interviews, uh, you know, some schools I was a finalist, some schools never heard back from, uh, but that's the way it is, you know, I mean, uh, just like in sports games, all about matchups, um, so now certain teams struggling with other teams because the way they run their offense, it just, you just never know, um, and uh, yeah, ULM's position, I was like, yeah, I was interested in it, and you know, for the record, I didn't apply to one school in Texas, I was ready just to see something totally new. I said, I'm going to change states. I'm just going to see what my first year of adulthood's like. And uh, at ULM, I had a really great opportunity to uh, be in charge of women's basketball, tennis, and be the secondary football contact. And uh, got out there middle of summer, was able to go to uh, Sunbelt Media Days down in New Orleans to the Superdome, my second week on the job. And yeah, just getting that up-close experience with a small department. Um, we had two full-timers, and then um, it was myself and another intern. And uh, just those opportunities you get when you have a small department uh, really changed everything for me. And uh, as my dad even said, uh, you'll learn more in this one year than you did in four years as a student intern at TCU. And he could not be more true than that. I mean, that's um, that's something I really learned from the start. And um, I got to travel with three teams, actually. Um, travel with football for pretty much every game that didn't interfere with basketball. And once basketball hit, I was with them. Uh, start to finish and then I even got to travel with baseball as well um, my boss actually uh, became a father in February and uh, so I was able to go to pretty much every trip that the team took uh, except when I had a uh, job interview actually uh, in the springtime that I told coach and I was like uh, I gotta do something <laughs> they told me I so um, but yeah that that one year man did that pave the way for uh, the rest of my career no doubt and speaking of which, you're, you're at Southern Miss now uh, with a, a pretty prestigious role. I mean, Director of Athletic Communications. So same kind of phrasing question for you. How did it come about? Um, interview process, uh, moving, you know, life just in general. What, what's what been going on and your transition to Southern Miss this year? Um, yeah, it was the springtime at ULM. And uh, I had heard um, Shirley Hill, who was at Southern Miss about 30-something uh, years, 
she was retiring and um, I had heard about that. So I asked my boss at ULM, I said, Hey, uh, think maybe sorry, miss, uh, you know, can I have a shot over there as I heard, uh, show he's leaving. And, um, um, I mean, Sarah Miss didn't really post the position until early summer, thereabouts, maybe late spring. And uh, at the time, they were going to have two openings. They ended up just doing one. Um, and, yeah, I just had interviews with uh, Brent Jones, who is the senior associate AD for External. Uh, he has now moved on to Troy. But um, talked to him for a little bit and talked to some other staff as well and um, had just phone interviews and stuff with them. And then it was actually at Cosida. Um, in Dallas, summer of 16, where uh, Brent just called me up and said, hey, uh, you know, do you want to meet in the lobby uh, for some coffee real quick? I just want to put a name and a face together. And we met uh, about 30 minutes, had a good conversation. And um, this is good advice for anybody um, down the road that he told me later on, he goes, yeah, I wasn't really that impressed by uh, your phone calls. I mean, you did good, but I didn't know what to expect because I was also 23 at the time, you know. Uh-huh. And uh, and he told me that when he saw me face to face, in the way I was presenting myself and uh, the way I conducted my business, uh, he said he could really tell that I was more than just a kid. Like I really had um, a rising star kind of mentality and uh, persona, and um, that really struck me pretty well. And um, yeah, so I ended up getting a campus interview in June. Um, got the offer a few days later, and two weeks after that, I was. Uh, driving with the family uh, from Fort Worth to Heisberg to uh, put on my furniture in my new apartment. And uh, it's been a whirlwind experience for sure. And um, very fortunate to be here. So when somebody who's listening to this podcast, maybe a young professional per, per se, um, and they're kind of looking and getting a new job around this, this time of year because it's getting to be kind of crunch time. So how would you say that they need to kind of watch themselves or take care of themselves in that matter? Like you said, uh, it was all about the presenting himself, presenting yourself actually, uh, to your eventual boss. So what would you say are some tips that those individuals should take in order to kind of, you know, maybe present themselves in a way that, Hey, I'm job worthy, even though I am a pretty young guy or girl. Um, yeah. And this kind of goes with the whole belief of, uh, you know, how can you conduct yourself when no one's watching? Um, and it's like, yeah, there are big events where, you know, everyone's wearing coat and ties. And, yeah, and of course, you're going to wear a coat and tie. But just in the general, um, if you're going to go to a game that you're not actually working that day, um, are you going to wear workout attire? Or, you know, are you going to wear, like, make sure you're shaven, make sure your hair's combed? Or if it's not combed, you know, put on a nice hat. Um, just making sure that you're... Uh, looking presentable because you're representing the department, um, just being uh, very outgoing, make sure you say hello to people, um, to treat everybody with the utmost respect. And uh, um, yeah, that's, there's really no secret. Um, it's just a matter of thinking, how can I, you know, basically dress for the job I want? Um, how can I act like I want the job that, you know, I want to get in the future? And uh, that's something I've really taken to heart. Um just always present yourself in the best way possible. Uh, so when you first got into your role, I mean, you're with a pretty prestigious men's basketball team. So was there any sort of shock for you moving from an intern job and all the way to director of communication, or was it an easy transition, or what was that like? I mean, I won't lie. It was a little nerve-wracking at first because uh, I started mid-July, um, got a couple weeks in, just 
I mean, really the first few weeks I was really working a lot of hours because I really wanted to catch up to speed on volleyball, which I, um, volleyball is one of my other sports here. And I didn't know much about volleyball outside of doing some scoreboard at, uh, TCU games when I was in school. Um, so I really wanted to learn the team and also learn the stats. And fortunately I was able to learn stat crew pretty quick and, uh, just in time for the season. But, um, learning that also trying to learn the basketball team. And since I'm the number two football person here, trying to learn football as well. So you're talking, um, kind of having a deadline for yourself by late August. I really need to know these three sports pretty well. In addition to some other, um, aspects of the job that go beyond my sport SID requirements. And, um, no, I just had to dig deep and, uh, find the time and, um, just step up my game quite a bit. And, uh, um, that's basically, yeah, it's the whole journey that starting that job. And, um, especially when that first year can be a little tough, uh, first month, especially, but man, by year two, everything is just flying by. Like you really have everything down pat and you know, everyone's name, you know, everyone's story. And it really, um, changes the whole thing as well. Uh, what were some advice that your dad gave to you before you took this role? I mean, going back to the whole, um, yeah, dressing professionally and, I mean, yeah, you don't have to wear a slacks and a button down to every single thing, but still, I mean, obviously, and we all wear shorts when we go to baseball games, softball, things like that, but just making sure that, yeah, your uh, clothes are neat, um, that you look neat, like you've shaven and everything. Um, it's all about uh, building relationships with coaches. That's something that, you know, needs to be done by, you know, when you're in the office, um, you know, even if the team's on season or you don't have any specific to go talk to them about, just go by their office, ask how they're doing, um, just show that you care. Um, bottom line, like we're all in the same boat together. Um, yes. And the coaches want to feel their SID is investing in their program. And that's something that I do. Uh, I mean, I made sure a few weeks ago, um, our volleyball team began their spring season. I took the video camera out and, um, got plenty of video and made a little 15 second, um, montaged a few practice drills and then some music and made sure I got out on Twitter. And of course, I, mean, I saw how much the girls loved it. Um, I think coach liked it as well. And that's just something that, yeah, you know what? I mean, there's always time to, uh, show how much you are invested in the teams programmed and, uh, uh, show the coaches that you got their back and, uh, that's something that I've really taken to heart, uh, these last few years uh, since I've graduated. Let's talk about the relationship with your dad as, as far as sports information is concerned. Um, what are some things that maybe he does or maybe that you saw that you said, I have to be able to do this in my office, I want to do this? Uh, what were some things that maybe you picked up on? Uh, one thing I did pick up, um, this is also from, I mean, of course, when you're uh, leading the department at TCU, um, there's definitely a significant amount of attention uh, directed towards uh, your school, but there's going to be a lot of requests that um, you can't always fulfill, and there's always a way to say no to people um, without burning a bridge or making them feel bad. I mean, you always present an alternative. Say, I can't help you here, but what I can do is next week, you know, this and that. Um, and that's just something that, yeah, like you want to leave things on a positive note, um, find ways to still, I mean, because you're still representing TCU or whatever school you're at. Um, so yeah, just finding a way to keep people um, thinking about your school and good graces and um, just building a relationship with the media so that, yeah, even if something bad happens in the news, um, because of the way you sold yourself and the 
institution to them, you hope that maybe they'll help you out a little bit um, in their coverage and maybe present uh, things a little more positively for you uh, whenever things don't go so well. Uh, what are some things that maybe you yourself, maybe you saw it on social media, maybe you read it somewhere that maybe that you want to start implementing in your office? Are you talking about like in my office, like with um, like my staff or? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, I mean, of course, the way social media has really blown up uh, with the way teams are going crazy with motion graphics and video and things like that. I mean, that stuff is really the driving force nowadays in storytelling and Fortunately for me, when I started out at ULM, I didn't know anything about graphic design. I knew basics of InDesign and Photoshop. I took a class on in undergrad, but I still was pretty new at it. And because you, at ULM, we didn't have like a full graphic design department, um, it really lit a fire under yourself to say, hey, I want to make some cool graphics for my team because I want to talk about how great my player stats are and I want to do other cool things to get people to come to games. So that really forced me to, and I, I would have nights where all of a sudden at eight o'clock, I would think of a really cool idea and I would uh, race over my computer and just start working on something because I got the creative juices flowing. And uh, at UL, when I got to Southern Miss, um, I already kind of had the graphic skills set and I said, all right, next I want to learn video. And so I uh, just kind of messed around with Premiere a little bit and uh, fortunately by um, this past August, our basketball team made a trip to Bahamas for their um, international trip that they get every four years. And I was able to capture the whole thing and um, get a few nice videos out where um, players were interviewed and you know, talking about the trip. And um, that's something that we showed like at the uh, at our team's big booster club event. And the booster club's the one who paid for the event as well, so you want, or the Bahamas trip. So you wanted to kind of show, hey, here's the, the return on investment. Look how happy these guys are. And, um, you know, how much it helped the team get some chemistry before the season started. So that's something that you know, I want to tell my staff is that, hey, like while you're here, make the most of it. Um, find a way to incorporate some new skills. Um, see what's trending out there. Find a way to build on that. And because um, we actually have, this is an open advertisement as well. We have three new GA opportunities. Uh, all three of ours are leaving in May. So um, if you're going to be a GA here, hey, we've got three opportunities. And Make the most of your two years here. Um, we have people that can help with video and graphics, but uh, it's up to you if you really want to um, take advantage of the time and uh, find a way to really tell your story and really build your portfolio. Uh, what's it been like trying to market Southern Miss sports, maybe as far as coverage is concerned, uh, as in a mid-major type of institution against... I know that these two schools are a little bit up north, Ole Miss and Mississippi State. Uh, what's it been like trying to draw fans to Southern Miss games? I mean, Southern Miss, actually, uh, there's a lot of similarities to uh, TCU, the way it was when I was there. Because TCU, um, I mean, not, you know, very um, um, good athletic program, whether it was, it was Mountain West, Big 12. Um, but it's also in a pro market. So no matter what, there would always be uh, the Cowboys, the Rangers, the Mavericks, the Stars, and also the other Big 12 schools in the area. Uh, and TCU just happens to have a small enrollment, so small alumni base. And uh, Southern Miss, uh, one thing I will say, I mean, Southern Miss, the fan base here is just so organic. Um, years and years, I mean, there's just a very black and gold feeling around the city. Um, um, there's a few Ole Miss and State alumni that, you know, moved down here for jobs, but... Uh, the city really gets behind the school, 
And uh, that's something that I, just being a college athletics fan all my life, always knew Southern Miss was that school that just had that very devoted fan base, very rabid. Uh, you see it at our baseball games, you see it at football as well. And uh, that's just something that, yeah, like, we're not, I'll admit, like, we're not going to have, like, all the resources every other school has out there. And there's other schools that have more resources than us, and they don't have as many resources as the next school. But bottom line, we really do uh, try to execute our plans the best we can, uh, make the most of our resources. And it really encourages you to be extra creative because it's one thing to be creative when you have all the resources in the world. But when um, it's just you and some other people and you've got X amount of dollars to do this, uh, it really forces you to think of how can we make the most of what we're doing. And uh, that's something I'm really proud of the way we've done it in the two years I've been here. So you're heading back to school, and then we kind of talked a little bit off air about that. So why did you find it important to do that? Well, um, it helps that Southern Miss has a sport management program. Um, that's something that, of course, when you're getting in the field and you're just reading up on people and how they get to where they are, a lot of people have masters. And um, when I was leaving undergrad, I really was going to take whichever came first, internship or GA, and I figured, hey, if it's an internship, I can maybe get a full-time job after one year. If it's a GA, hey, at least I don't have to look for a job. I can uh-huh. <laughs> take a year to get my uh, thoughts together and get my studies and all that. But um, So, yeah, and I finished at ULM, and I got a full-time job, thankfully. You know, at 23, I became a you know, director of communications here. And it, I don't remember when I first started thinking about going to school, but uh, I was in the car with one of my GAs, uh, Sterling Randall, who um, past guest on this podcast as well. And uh, we were driving back from Biloxi after one of the Surrey Miss baseball games, the Conference USA tournament. And he was encouraging me to come back to go to school. And I was like, yeah, yeah, maybe. And uh, <laughs> the summer I waited a little more and um, ultimately was able to enroll in a couple of classes in the fall. And um, I was enrolled as a non-degree seeking student. And um, long story short, I actually did a full application to the program uh, throughout the fall, and um, turned in my application right before New Year's, thereabouts, and a few days later, I got accepted, and um, yeah, I'm in my second semester, so after this semester, uh, I should have 12 of my 33 hours completed, and then I'll just take six hours, basically, each semester until um, summer of 19, I have to take one class, and then I'm done, and, uh, but yeah, I've learned an awful lot in sport management programs, because these are all classes that are as rep- as uh, applicable as can be to what I'm doing now and uh, helps also that our entire class is GAs and other people in athletics. So mm-hmm. <laughs> it creates that bond even more. But uh, yeah, um, I'm a guy who loves school. Um, always really treated the classroom environment as being sacred. Um, that's just coming from my family. Um, we just really respect um, educational missions of universities. And um, so I'm really glad I'm back. And uh, it's crazy to think that, yeah, I started college when I was 18 and I'll finish my master's when I'm 26 but uh I got to finish it somehow and uh, yep. <laughs> I'm excited to see uh, what it can do for me in the future you know now that I think about it uh, I, I was you just talking and you mentioned that Sterling was a past guest Southern Miss might be the first school to have two separate episodes as far as separate guests is concerned so yeah, there you go um yeah, speaking of SID stuff, that's a good stat. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's right that's totally an ESPN stat too um yeah. Uh, yeah, I I have a I had a sport marketing teacher here uh, last spring semester. She was currently enrolled in a Southern Miss uh, sport management program, 
and she's going for her doctorate or something like that. And then over the summer, I actually had a, a an online professor who also teaches at Southern Miss. So yeah, so yeah, that great program you, you seem to got down there. Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, let's move on to some questions, some fun questions I usually like to ask. Um, first one I have for you, David, is favorite memory in your professional tenure? Uh, a month ago, our basketball team, who a little bit of backstory, uh, last few years has been recovering from a pretty significant Instaboy scandal. Um, so loss of scholarships, postseason bans, things like that. Um, this past year, we kind of had a hunch we could be a little better. Uh, we got some good transfers that sat out the year before that we knew could contribute for sure. And uh, a lot of things worked out this year and um, made it to the conference tournament. Um, won the first game in over or not overtime. Won it by one point against FIU. So then we're set to play Middle Tennessee in the second round. Um, and Middle's a team that not only were they the top dog in CUSA for years, but uh, back-to-back years they went to the round of 32 in the NCAA, and they had beaten us two times um, this past year as well. So uh, hey, third time's a charm. We played a really complete game. Um, went to overtime with them, and then we pulled it out. Um, just a huge, huge upset, um, being the ninth seed and taking down the number one. And, uh, we actually, unfortunately, basically took away their NCAA at large opportunity. Uh, who knows if they had beaten us and lost in the semifinals, if they would have made it, but, um, definitely sent some shockwaves around the country, people watching the bubble and, um, just really had a lot of validation for what our coaching staff and what our players had really been working towards for a few years now of trying to get Sire Miss back to being a, um, you know, the program that it once was and uh, just seeing that locker room and just seeing not, I mean, the coaches like they get happy after wind, but just the ear to ear. I mean, just, it was such a priceless feeling that um, it really shows you why you chose to get in this field to see, you know, make memories like this and like locker room, you know, it was like a national championship was just one, um, you know, the guys were just hugging each other and um, just really enjoying the moment. And uh, especially like one of our seniors, I mean, we only had one senior this past year, but, you know, he gets to play another game in his college career. And, yeah, that, that moment was just amazing just to think that, you know, what the program had been through and to take down a team that, yeah, had been in the round of 32 back-to-back years. Um, and we'll see what happens in the future. Uh, we got everybody back next year, knock on wood, and uh, <laughs> we'll see how it goes. Uh, what about on the other side of the coin? What's your biggest horror story? Um... I mean, fortunately, I haven't had any major crisis come up. Um, it's kind of just the average run-of-the-mill thing of uh, you might have a really bad game and uh, you got to take a long bus ride home and you're trying to uh, focus on your computer while doing a recap and your stats while uh, um, trying not to keep car sick or something and then trying to think, okay, can I still get some sleep? So I'll just sit through this entire bus ride. Um and actually, there was another story I just thought of. When I was at ULM, um, I was on my laptop in my living room, and I left it on the recliner to go get myself a snack. And I guess the room was still kind of dark. And I sat down, and I realized I basically crushed my computer at a 180-degree angle, um, my work computer, no less. Uh-huh. So that was a major shock. And fortunately, my boss was very cool about it when I called him. And he said, hey, man, this is why we have a budget. You know, we'll be fine. And uh, um, the next few days, 
I had to, I mean, he actually let me use his big, I don't know, it was like a 40-inch TV or something. <laughs> I plugged it, he put it on my desk, and we basically did like an HDMI thing for it. And I was able to set my computer up to where I was using like a 40-inch TV as my monitor. And, of course, the pixels aren't really built for Photoshop when it comes to that kind of thing. So I couldn't really do a graphic like I thought I could. And, um, and I don't know, I had to take a, someone else's computer with me to a road basketball game at uh, Louisiana Lafayette. And that just wasn't very convenient for anybody. Um, but that's just part of the life. I mean, it's going to happen to you at some point when you're an SID. Um, but yeah, that's probably, that's one concrete thing I definitely remember of just, you know, a heart attack situation. And fortunately, you know, we survived it all, but, and just in general, I mean, some of the day to day routine of, uh, yeah, trying to not get car sick when you're doing all your work stuff after a long basketball game. Uh, what's what I know you already mentioned a couple of things, but uh, what's one piece of advice you give to a student going into this profession? Well, um, this field, it's definitely got some priceless moments to it. Um, it's not about what you have to do, it's about what you get to do when you're doing this. Um, think about how you can make an impact on a student athlete's life. Uh, I've seen that in the couple of years that I've been in this field that, um, so my players have really grown, grown close to, and um, it's nice when you're in your office and they're, they've been over to compliance doing something, and they stop by to knock on your door and you say hello to them. And um, uh, one of our volleyball players who finished up this past year, she uh, um, was doing a little speech talking about her time at Southern Miss at our postseason banquet, and I noticed she was going to do this, but. She actually thanked me in her speech, just saying, David, thank you so much for all you do. And um, she mentioned how, like, one of my things in social media was I would hold my phone up and basically do a video where I'd say, all right, I'm going to ask you the question. And then after the, ask the question, hit record. You just kind of tell me about the match and how, how you played. So, you know, the, the girls used to give me a hard time about that because <laughs> they always feel like, oh, I don't want to be on. And, um, but the fact that she, like, thanked me in front of all the family members and, of course, you know, parents came up to me afterwards and said they really appreciated all I did for the team and covering them and everything. Um, but yeah, so like there's going to be moments. Yeah. Where you have to work on a weekend night or, um, you know, late on a weeknight because yeah, things just came up and just couldn't get away. But, um, you know, you gotta be, it's a very blessed profession. You get to do so many things here and, uh, these moments go so much farther beyond the paycheck and anything else you're going to do. Um, think about every t-shirt you might get from, a team, every conversation you have with the coach that really, you know, you learn so much about yourself and just about life in general from, because uh, coaches have seen everything. They've seen the best of the student athletes, seen the worst of them sometimes. I mean, they, you can learn so many things from um, that whole process. And, um, yeah, just uh, enjoy the moment. Because um, eventually, yeah, like, once you stop having them, like, you know, like right now I'm in kind of a withdrawal mode because I'm not in season anymore. And I'm just like, Boy, I mean, this is an easier life, but the <laughs> adrenaline sometimes of uh, having those game notes and things like that. So, yeah, just uh, appreciate every second of uh, what you're doing. Uh, what's one thing you're interested in to learn more about in this profession? Uh, I would say video for sure, um, it's because I know how to put in clips and I know how to put in music and uh, mess with the sound levels and stuff. But uh, like After Effects, that kind of thing, uh, where you have like the graphics show up on screen. Um, that's something I really want to learn. Um, 
Because bottom line, I mean, I love storytelling, whether it's written, whether it's with pictures, or whether it's with video. And um, good thing is I've been able to learn so many things here just by taking cameras from our office uh, when I go on road trips and capturing uh, shoot-arounds and things like that. But uh, eventually, yeah, I would like to make more kind of featurey videos where, uh, um, you know, maybe get some, like, black and white in there, um, fade it into colors, uh, just have, may not hype videos, because I think those will take a little bit of time, and uh, might be something that I really have to learn down the road, but yeah, just uh, whatever I can do to not only help myself, but also help the whole department, because uh, I'm not very good at, I feel always bad asking people, you know, hey, can you do a graphic for me or something, like I always want to at least make something, and then say, hey, here's what I have, you know, give me tweaks for the text, so I always want to help out the department best I can, especially my coworkers, and uh, um, ideally just take some of the workload off of them as well. Um, I'm sorry, I forgot to give you a heads up about this question, but what makes a good SID? What makes a good SID? Um, bottom line, you have to be a good person. Um, if you can really fit in well, I mean, you don't have to be best friends with every single person, but if you... When it comes to um, getting things done, if you're a good communicator, if you're just a pleasant person to be around, um, and you just have a drive, you can be good at anything you do, especially being an SID. Um, you got to know the hours that are going to come into play, but uh, just anticipate what things might be coming up, uh, what you should be on the lookout for, what your coaches might want. Um, um, I mean... Yeah, just also knowing that you've been put in a unique opportunity um, to work alongside your athletic administrator. So just try to soak in uh, everything you can learn about the field. Um, the politics of college athletics is what I really love, just seeing how um, the student-athletes and the university and the fans and the facilities, like how it all works together. Um, so just never be afraid to you know, stop – I mean, never stop learning. Um just really appreciate what you're doing at the, at any given moment and uh, um, just have fun. You know, it's sports. Um, there's always a time to be stressed out or a time to be formal and to um, put in your serious face. But at the end of the day, you're working in sports. Uh, you're working on a college campus. Um, it's, it's a semi-charmed life. You just got to love it. <laughs> uh, awesome. Cool. So uh, work-life balance, what do you do to have fun? Um. I do try to work out regularly. Um, I mean, I'm not much of a late-night guy anymore, so I'm usually in bed kind of early, and then I try to wake up and get my workout in around 6, and then get back home to eat and go to work. Um, not going to lie, one of my favorite things to do is just get home from work, uh, lay on the couch and stare at my phone. Um, I mean, of course, you got enough apps and uh-huh. uh, texting and stuff like that, but uh, sometimes nothing beats just... Uh, yeah, just relaxing at home and just staring at your phone and just uh, catching up on the day. Um, of course, you have a you know laptop in your hand, so what else are you gonna do? <laughs> um, I'm a not, not a big Netflix guy. Um, attention span's not really there to really focus on a series. Um, I did Breaking Bad and Shameless, but I'm extremely picky about what I watch. And uh, so I'll try to catch a movie or something here and there on there. But um, for the most part. Uh, I'm pretty low key. I mean, I I went out quite a bit in college, um, but since I've been out, um, if I go out, usually it's just for like a little happy hour or a beer and some food late at night with some people. But um, yeah, that's about it. Um, 
I'm low key, but try to have fun, have an adventure whenever I can. And uh, of course, you don't get enough of that during the season. But hey, sometimes you have to have your adventures outside of sports. <laughs> yeah. Uh, speaking of beer and uh, food, next time someone's in Hattiesburg, what's your restaurant or bar recommendation? Um, for all of the above, it'd be Keg and Barrel. Uh, really good food. Um, you can sit indoor, you can sit outdoor, but it's just a good place to just kind of lounge with some friends. And uh, I mean, it's open until two as well. So if you really want to be out late, you got it. Um, my favorite is the catfish. I'm also just a big fish guy now. That's something I've always been, I've been cooking a lot lately, just trying to eat healthier and uh, uh, it's really easy to cook as well. But um, that's a whole different story. Um, the keg and barrel though, get the catfish or you get a burger or the cheeseburger pizza. That's really good as well. Um, wide assortment of beers, whether it's domestic, import, craft, um, good prices as well. And, uh, it's just a good place to be. I mean, you're halfway between the campus and downtown right on Hardy street, which is the main road, uh, through the city. Um, so between that, um, there's a few bars downtown, like the Porter, uh, it has some good food. Um, that's where a lot of our staff goes on Tuesdays to, uh, do trivia nights, which we haven't really done in the spring because Tuesdays are usually for baseball and softball games, so we're a little tied up there. Um, we just got a Fuzzies in town, which is really good, and uh, that's something that, of course, being a TCU student, and there's Fuzzies right between my house and campus, so I used to get there all the time. Um, yeah, there's Heisberg, you can definitely eat pretty well. Um, several places to go, Leith's Barbecue is a staple in town. Um, um, always a treat to go there and that's in the other side of town so like kind of where a lot of new things are being developed and uh, and of course fast food wise um, cookout is the number one place in America for me um, that's something that's only really available in the south uh, there's three locations in Mississippi and they're in Oxford Starkville and Heisberg but um, uh, long story short you can basically get a burger and a chicken sandwich and a corn dog and a shake <laughs> for about six bucks and um very good quality food, too. doesn't make you feel too bad afterwards. And uh, uh, definitely something that, for whoever's listening to this, if you're anywhere in the South, try to look up Cookout and see if you can find one within your area because you will not be disappointed. It's just the best place on earth to me. And uh, um, those are kind of the few places in town that I would strongly suggest going to. Perfect. Awesome. Uh, if anybody had any questions for you, um, maybe directions to those places, I don't know, uh, what would be the best way to do it to get in touch with you? Um, well, uh, on Twitter, I'm always on there, um, David E. Cohen underscore, and uh, my email address is david.cohen, C-O-H-E-N, at usm.edu, and I'll even get my phone number out, uh, 817-739-6585, um, but I'm always willing to help people, uh, so hey, if I'm in Heisberg, I'll be a tour guide, whether it's uh, <laughs> through the phone, through the through Twitter, through my email, or in person. Um, I'm always willing to help out and serve as an ambassador for uh, Southern Miss and also the city of Hyattsburg. Awesome. Well, David, thank you very much for coming on. I do appreciate it. Hey, I appreciate it very much, David. Thank you for having me. Um, I was so excited when I saw you uh, reached out to me about coming on the show, and uh, here we are wrapping it up. So yeah. it's crazy, but uh, time has flown by. Yeah, awesome. Thank you again. Guys, there you have it. Uh, like I said, next week we have Danny Day coming on the show from the Corbin Warriors. That's all the way up in Salem, Oregon. And uh, you can follow us anytime on social media at Sports Infocast on both Twitter and Facebook. Uh, and just to kind of let you guys know, 
Um, I have accepted the graduate assistant position at the University of Southern Indiana, and I'll also be taking a summer job with a minor league baseball team here in town called the uh, Evansville Otters, just to kind of help them out a little bit. I'm also going to try and take the summer easy after my senior year of college. I mean, I'm pretty sure most of you did that. Maybe. I don't, I don't know what's normal. I've never done this before. So, But uh, anyway, just to kind of give you guys a reminder, if you could go ahead and give us a rating or review wherever you get your podcast, that would help out the growth of the show a lot. Recommend it to somebody. Uh, to retweet all the episodes on Facebook or Twitter. I, mean, I guess you don't retweet on Facebook, but you know what I meant. Share, like, comment, what, what, whatever that may be. So uh, thank you all for listening. We hope to catch you all in the next episode.